All righty, Grace Church, Medina East Campus, 915 service. How you guys doing today? All right, cool. Well, my name is Dan, and uh, I lead student ministries here uh, out at Medina East. And so me and my wife, Charlie, and our super-duper awesome team uh, have the privilege of, of hanging out with kids from uh, 6th through 12th grade. And we hang out in a variety of different environments throughout the week. We really just uh, love getting a chance to serve the kids, connect with them, and, and try to connect them to the heart uh, of Jesus. So it's a really sweet uh, privilege to be down here uh, with you today, getting to talk about uh, this, this series we're in, Highlight God Through You. And like Clark said, if, if you're a new or if, if you're like a first-time guest, we just want to say how genuinely grateful and excited we are that you would take time out of your schedule to come hang out with us uh, and get connected. So we're just really uh, grateful you're here. We hope you feel welcome because you truly are. So like I said, Highlight God Through You uh, is the series that we're in, and we've been going through this New Testament book of the Bible called First Peter. And First Peter is really interesting. What we've been saying is that a lot of the things that were happening in the culture uh, during the time that First uh, Peter was written are kind of things that are happening right now uh, in our culture. It was written in approximately 64 AD. And just to give you kind of a snapshot of what was happening uh, in that time, in 64 AD, Christians were the cultural minority trying to navigate their faith uh, in a society that was largely hostile to and misunderstanding uh, of the message of Christ. And so we find that it's really fascinating as we have been studying this book, First uh, Peter, that, man, a lot of the things that were happening then are happening now. In our cultural moment, it's, uh, you know, it's often kind of challenging to, to be somebody that, that follows Jesus because of what's uh, happening and because of the way that, that uh, Christianity is oftentimes misunderstood. And we say this every week, too, that, man, if, if you're just investigating Jesus or you're trying to figure out where you stand on the whole God thing, we just want you to feel uh, welcome to know that we're grateful that you would uh, allow us to be part of that investigation. It's really cool uh, that, that you would do that. So we're not just trying to, to exclude you. We hope that you feel welcomed and included uh, as an investigator. But, but what we're saying is for those of us that do follow Jesus, man, th this really kind of applies to us. What was happening in 64 AD is a lot like us because we are, in this cultural moment, Christians are a cultural minority. There are a lot of other worldviews and a lot of other ways to think about things that are, that are different from uh, Christianity. And, and in a lot of ways, uh, Christianity is considered to be this kind of uh, almost, um, a kind of just a misunderstood different little kind of category over here in a box somewhere that, that needs to kind of be feared and, and uh, uh, kind of criticized in some ways. And so that's why we're trying to, to really look at what First uh, Peter has to say about the life of a Christian and what it means to, to f follow God in, in that kind of cultural setting. And how we're doing it is we're using this simple illustration of a highlighter. And that's why we're calling the series Highlight God Through You. Because highlighters are pretty interesting. They, they exist not just to bring attention to themselves. They don't exist simply for themselves, but they're, they're, they're designed in such a way that you are to look through them, to, to see something behind them, and, and they illuminate the value and the power of something uh, that isn't them, but they exist to bring attention to that other thing. And so in the same way, Christians are supposed to exist. They're supposed to be a type of highlighter, to stand out and to bring clarity to, to something else. And the thing that Christians are uh, expected to, to, to do and, and, and empowered, to, and, and empowered to, to highlight is God. And so that's why we're calling the series Highlight God Through You. And so today we're going to talk about highlighting God through our love. What does it look like in the cultural moment that we're in? 
where, where Christianity is kind of misunderstood and where, you know, we're kind of in, in this cultural moment that's a little bit challenging to, to say, man, we're going to live in such a way in our unity and in our love for one another that we reflect and reveal the beauty and the love of God. And so I'm really excited to share that with you uh, today. And we're going to be in uh, 1 Peter chapter 4. So if you have a Bible or uh, a device, if you want to get that out. We also have Bibles provided for you in the chairs underneath there if you didn't happen to bring a Bible. And if you don't own a Bible, you can just take one of ours, make it a gift from us to you. We think it is super duper important that you have a, a copy of God's Word. So write your name in it. Happy Bible Day to you. And, and uh, 1 Peter 4 is on page uh, 852 in those black Bibles. All right, so before we get going, I want to share a quick story with you. And like I said, I work primarily in youth ministry. I normally hang out with a lot of high school and middle school kids. In fact, right now, if I wasn't with you, I would be with some middle school kids. And so I kind of want to tip my hat to them and tell you a little bit of a gross story just to, to keep us all on the same page, all right? This is for, I'm trying to gain a little bit of street cred with the middle school kids, all right? So back in the day, I used to work in construction, okay? I poured uh, concrete for, for many years. And for those of you that have been involved in the kind of blue-collar life, you know that, uh, you know, work crews sometimes have a real weird uh, kind of relationship. There's an element of community and real closeness, like we're all down in the mud together early in the morning. We're, we're with each other 50, 60 hours a week. But there's also kind of an element of, like, rowdy animosity, and there's a lot of kind of, like, sometimes tension and things get sort of annoying and fights kind of break out. And so one day, I was in the truck, it was an early, uh, kind of it was sunny uh, summer morning, uh, and, and me and the guy that were sitting in the truck, we always sat in the back of the truck, we found this random can of Pepsi, all right, in the, in the back of the truck. And so there was always random foods in this truck, it's just, we were sloppy, sloppy young men at that time. And so me and my buddy both claimed this can of Pepsi at the same time. We were both like, that's my can of Pepsi. And, and he was like, no, it's mine. And so we started to argue like, like little, little boys about this can of Pepsi. It got to the point where we both had our hands on it. We were trying to rip it out of each other's hands like, it's mine. No, it's mine. And finally, you know, after a minute or two, I just let him have the can, this random can of Pepsi. He was a little bit stronger than me and he was, had a crazy look in his eyes. So I just let him have it. He, he took the can of Pepsi. But I was furious. I'm kind of immature and, and stuff, so I really like hurt my feelings really bad. So he went off and started to like have this, you know, this victory lap where he was drinking the Pepsi as we were getting ready for our day. And I happened to notice as I was like fuming about, <laughs> I happened to notice as I was fuming about this that he left his water jug in the truck. And in addition to the water jug, like I said, there was always kind of random foods in the truck. So there's a water jug, and there was also a random hamburger floating around in the truck. And so what I did, like, you know, what, of course, what I did was I took the bread and the cheese off and I just had this kind of old McDonald's uh, hamburger meat patty and I put it in the dude's water jug. All right. He, he didn't, he, uh, you know, it was pretty full, so it would have been pretty diluted at the beginning. And so me and the crew for the rest of the day watched this guy, my, fr you know, my friend, we watched him drink this hamburger water progressively, and it progressively got more and more concentrated meat flavor. Because we would go check on it every few minutes, you know, to see. And he couldn't tell. It was just, like, progressive, so he had no, he, it just, he got used to it or whatever. So by the end, you know, we're all laughing or whatever. By the end of the day, he gets down to, like, the dregs or whatever, and he used to, <laughs> he would, like, hold the, the jug up to, like, get the last few drips of it or whatever. And he's got a little bit of grainy meat or whatever. 
I'm sorry. So anyway, he, uh, he opened it up. He was like, eh, something's weird. And we're like, everybody's like, hey, man, look, check it out. He gets down and opens it up and discovers this like halfway falling apart McDonald's meat or whatever. I just can't even express to you the horror that was on this guy's face. And so me and the whole crew like just laughed at him and mocked him and high-fived each other. It was awesome. But he vowed, he vowed revenge, all right? He vowed revenge. And so right as we're getting ready to go, all right, again, this is what's happening is it started out as a little bit of a tiff. It got a little bit more intense. Maybe we kind of sinned, each other, uh, sinned against each other and then kind of kicked it up a notch or whatever. But as we're getting ready to leave, I went to go use the port john I went, <laughs> Okay. And now for those of you that aren't, aren't real familiar with port johns Pretty gross. You got a toilet in there. It's like a fortress of solitude. You got a toilet in there. There's like a reservoir of blue juice where the waste goes, you know. And so you sit, you know, I mean, anyways, you don't want to get too, too into it. There's also a, uh, uh, this kind of like exhaust vent or like an exhaust pipe. So the aroma of the waste, blue waste juice can kind of waft away. All right. So I'm, I'm sitting there just, you know, about to be ready to go or whatever. And I hear a kind of a noise outside this porta john and a little bit of kind of like a, a shaking and, and sort of a rumbling and then a splash. And then I felt a splash of blue juice up, up in blue juice and whatever up. Uh, yeah. And uh, so what had happened was my friend got a brick. He went and found a brick and climbed up on top. He, he got some bucket or something and climbed up on top and dropped a brick down in the exhaust pipe so it would splash up on me. This is kind of a standard thing that you do, all right? This is just, so for those of you, whatever. So what you can see here is that what started out as a little minor itty bitty transgression, right? An argument against Pepsi got into some hamburger water and got into some, some blue juice all up, all on, all on, not good. Not, it wasn't good. All right. And so the point I'm trying to make here, I don't know. I forget the point I'm trying to, no. The point I'm trying to make is that, you know, something small that happens in our lives can sometimes get a little bit bigger. Obviously, things can get out of hand and things expand, right? And we sin, we sin against one another and it gets worse and worse and worse, right? That sometimes happens. Even in relationships that are supposed to be about unity and that are supposed to be about community and getting something done together, right? Even in relationships that normally are unified, something can happen and some sin can kind of interfere and we're, we're faced with some kind of in, perceived injustice or some kind of perceived aggression. And the next thing you know, things are, <laughs> things are getting out of hand and getting pretty gross and pretty big bummer, right? And intentionally or unintentionally, just because of the world that we're living in, right, that there's the possibility for things to fall apart really quickly uh, and to get gross. And, and, and the thing is, we're all recipients of this sin, and we're all contributors to this sin. We all have, in one way or another, throughout the course of our lives, or maybe even right now, are kind of in a situation where we're adding to this kind of cycle, this cycle of sin, right? And so I guess what I want you guys to, to think about is that it's easy to retaliate it's easy for all these different things to just, to just kind of over the course of time uh, infect our lives and infect our hearts. It's easy for it to, to go from one thing to the next and, and to get out of hand. And, and even minor things that seem like they should be 
just kind of trivial or, or not that big of a deal wind up really starting to explode and, and getting into huge, into huge bummers. And so one comment is made at the party, and, and the next thing you know, uh, you know, a call doesn't get made or something, and now we just, like, don't talk to grandma anymore. Like, nobody call grandma or whatever. Or, like, one thing leads to another, and, and now, man, if uncle whoever is going to be there, like, I'm not going Right? And a relationship that should be about unity and that should be about uh, harmony and community starts to dissolve and to deteriorate. And, and there's a painful uh, a kind of a falling apart in this, in this cycle. And so relationships that, that should be unified break down. And I think each one of, uh, whatever, each, each one of us can think of different scenarios where that might happen, right? Where over the course of time these things fall apart. And, and it's really painful. But I, I guess what I want to ask you is... In the situations that you're in, in your lives, right, and we're all, we all are faced all the time with all these different scenarios, but I would ask you to consider, are there things in your life or are there relationships right now that have been infected with maybe this, this progression of uh, uh, retaliation or, or, or somebody hurts me and, and I respond by being cold to them? Right, I would ask you to press in and to think deeply in your minds, man. Man, this is the kind of stuff that could really destroy relationships and it could really let things break down. And so I would just ask you to consider in our time together, is this, is this a cycle that you see happening uh, in your own life? Right? Because, again, it could, really, it could really hurt us. And I think we're all uh, involved in it in some way. And so, of course, this is destructive. But fortunately, uh, God's word has something to say about it. And so... Again, I'm really excited to get into 1 Peter chapter 4, and we're going to be talking actually just about one verse. So 1 Peter 4, uh, verse 8 is where we're really going to hang out and try to just uh, get everything we can out of that one verse. And so I'll just go ahead and read it to you right here. 1 Peter 4, 8, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. I think it's pretty clear what Peter is saying right, right out of the gate. He, he says that, man, we're supposed to have a very clear focus on what he's saying, that, that there's something really significant about uh, just these first few words. He says, as the absolute highest and most important and significant thing, we are called to love each other deeply because love uh, covers over a multitude of sins. And so I think uh, maybe the reason why he's saying that is because we all naturally have our own thing that we kind of consider to be above all. And I think especially as we uh, engage in conflict or as we are sinned against or as we feel like we've been slighted, the thing that is most uh, important and significant to us kind of starts to come to the surface a little bit. And so some of us, maybe above all, when we're faced with sin or aggression uh, against ourselves, we feel like, okay, in this argument or, or in this uh, debate or in, or in this drama or whatever, above all, I must be heard. All right, I need, my voice needs to be heard. Yeah, yeah, I'll try to be loving and kind and whatever, but above all, my voice must be heard in this argument. Or above all, I must be understood. The reason why I did the thing that I did, the reason why the thing you did hurt me so bad was because of this other memory I have. I must be understood. And, it, and, it, and it's like that's the, the primary motivator in my, in my response to things that, that hurt me. Or above all, I must protect my reputation, right? There might be a situation where, man, somebody is saying things against me and, and maybe, you know, maybe they're misrepresenting me in, in certain situations and I have, to, I have to represent myself well and my, my reputation is the most important. How dare you bring this situation into these other spheres? Like, I must protect my reputation or I must protect my rights. I've been, I've been transgressed against and, and man, you, you've crossed the line. I, des- I put in this much work and I deserve this. We need to protect my rights, right? Above all, that's what's most important. Or I must protect my comfort, 
right? I, I must protect the fact that, man, it really, it hurts me to, to get into these arguments and to get into these disagreements and, and I'm just gonna bounce. I, I would rather just let this relationship fall apart than have to deal with the painful, grinding uh, turmoil of trying to work these situations out, right? And so I think for a lot of us, especially as it pertains to dramatic uh, kind of uh, dysfunctional situations or, or sin in our lives that, that, that we feel hurt or, or uh, sinned against, these all kind of play out, I think, sometimes in different ways, all right? The list goes on and on, but the thing is, as highlighters, according to Peter, what we're supposed to do, above all, is to love each other deeply, to love each other deeply, because love, according to Peter, according to God's word, covers over a multitude of sins. And I think it's really important to note, and I think it's a little bit um, kind of convicting or almost a little bit it kind of gets you a little bit that he doesn't qualify love each other deeply with any statement. He doesn't say, if you're up to it, love each other deeply. He doesn't say, if, it, if it's convenient for you or, or if you've gotten enough rest, you know, love each other deeply. He just says, man, this is what is most important, what is most significant in our lives is to love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. And I think this idea of loving each other deeply um, you know, I think we agree with it in theory. I think the idea of love, you know, if you took a survey of whether or not love is a good thing, you'd prim primarily get like, yes, love is a good thing. Even the Beatles said, love is all you need. And so I think there's a pretty consistent uh, agreement that like love is, is a cool thing. In theory, we agree, but I think sometimes we don't really know what that actually means uh, in day-to-day -day life, especially in circumstances that are painful uh, or, or, or challenging. Which is why I think it's so, uh, it's so interesting when you, when you actually go back and find out what this word deeply originally, uh, the, the word that it comes from in Greek originally, uh, the, word is the word deeply is translated from a word that means stretched out. And so the idea it, when he says above all love each other deeply is this idea of loving each other in a way that continues to go and to go and to go and to stretch out farther and farther in a way that didn't seem possible or it almost seems like beyond what is normal or beyond what, what I could usually handle, right? Love each other in such a way that you are committed and that you are devoted and that you are earnest, right? And, and again, it's, it's just stretching out, stretched and stretched. Some other translations say, keep fervent in your love. Keep loving one another earnestly or continue to show deep love, right? It's this idea, again, of a continued pursuit, intentional desire to, to stay focused and committed to pursue unity. And so for me, you know, a lot of times I think when I hear the word love, you know, I think more primarily about emotion, an emotion or just like a lovey-dovey feeling in my heart, whatever. But I think for Peter, and, and, and what we're seeing in this passage is that love is, is actually in relationships, love is, um, is, is devotion more than emotion. Love, love is, is a consistent, determined desire to stay committed. And there can, you know, there can be warm and fuzzy feelings for that person that, that, that hurts you or whatever, but man, the primary, the primary focus is a determined, committed uh, relationship. Love is devotion more than emotion. We are to pursue unity in, in our relationships. That's what we're called to do. And so I love um, this commentator, uh, Karen Jobes. She, she wrote a commentary on 1 Peter, and it's so cool. And she has this to say about this verse, about this idea of staying committed. And I think it's really, really helpful. She says, by Peter's definition, love is not a warm, fuzzy feeling, but means treating others in the Christian community in such a way as to promote unity. 
treating others in the Christian community such as to promote, promote unity. Love is about unity. She says, Peter calls not merely for love, but for an earnest love that persistently continues to cover, to suppress the potential for the destruction of the community. The fundamental characteristic, and again, Peter's saying, above all, Karen Jobes here is saying, the fundamental characteristic, what is so significant and important, if, we're, if, you know, if you're in this room and you're trying to follow Jesus and, and you're trying to, to let him guide and direct your life, then man, this is really important to hear. The fundamental characteristic that enables a Christian community to survive is the willingness and ability of its members to love in this way in a way that is determined and committed and and willing to cover over a multitude of sins. Love is devotion more than emotion. And my guess is that uh, some of you in here, honestly, have been hurt in some some really powerful ways. And maybe even right now, you're faced with an argument or you're faced with some kind of cycle of, uh, of an annoying situation. There's some kind of drama or dysfunction that continues to show up. And maybe it's not just in the past few days, but it's been something that's gone on and on and on for months or, or for years, you know. And you're like, above all, love each other deeply. Dude, how, how deep are we talking about, man? This has been going on for 10 years. This person who is supposed to be in community with me, who is supposed to serve with me, this person in my family, this person that I'm supposed to work with and get something accomplished with, man, they've been hurting me over and over and over for 10 years. Love each other deeply. Like, how, how deep? How deep are we going? It's like he keeps on doing this thing or, or she keeps on bringing up this old argument or whatever. The family, yet again, the family ignored us, right? This, they, went, they went out and they didn't even call us again. We've told them that that hurts us, but they keep doing it. And so I think this is very real, whatever. The list could go on, but, but it's very real for, for all of us in this room. Right now, there might be a situation in your mind and you're thinking, man, this really hurts me. And so, which is why I think because this, is, this, is, this butts up against right where, where, where we're all at, I think the next part of the verse is so important and critical. Peter says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. And I know that, honestly, for a lot of us that are maybe in deep pain or who have experienced, you know, kind of aggression against us, we feel like this is almost, it could almost kind of sound a little bit patronizing. Like, oh, they're there, just love each other deeply, like kind of self-helpy or, or, or whatever, or kind of cutesy. Love each other, you know, love each other deeply. Come on, love, just, just get along. Love each other deeply. Love covers over a multitude of sins. And it's sort of almost like hallmark platitude or something. But I think for Peter, you know, who was a follower of Jesus, the idea of love being covered of sins being covered over by love, the, the idea of love having the capacity to cover over uh, a multitude of sins was very real. In fact, Peter had as his example and, and uh, as kind of the, the, the perfect frame of reference, uh, Peter had Jesus in his mind, I think, at this time. And I think Peter, reflecting on the life of Jesus and reflecting on uh, the, the kind of love that Jesus uh, exhibited in his life and in his death, I think that's what, what Peter's thinking about. It's not just some cutesy there, there thing. It's real blood and guts and determination and serving and a desire to pour oneself out in order to cover over sin. And so I think Peter actually has this idea of the atonement in mind. And so the atonement, I know it's kind of a churchy word, but basically it's what Christ accomplished to bring sinful humanity back into right relationship with God, to cover over the sin of the world. And so the story is, the reality is that God is perfect. 
And God is love. He loves you. He loves humanity. He created humanity out of a desire to, to have relationship with them. And the Bible teaches that in addition to that, for love to be real, he gave humanity the capacity to either follow him in obedience or to do their own thing and, and, and be separate from him. And the Bible teaches that all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that we've all turned away from the author of life toward our own thing. We've all kind of grabbed hold of independence and autonomy from God and, and gone our own way. And that's what sin is. And all of us, in one way or another, in one way or another are, are guilty of that sin. We've all fallen short and we've all done our own thing. And we're left in this situation where we're alienated and we're isolated from God and we're separate and distant from him. Which is why what Jesus comes to do is so profound and significant. This is called the gospel. What, what another a biblical author says, this is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And the gospel is that, man, Jesus is Lord and how he proved that he was Lord and proved that he was king is that he came not to reign uh, in, in, as, as like a dictator and some kind of oppressive guy, but he came to serve. He came in perfection and in love. He lived a perfect life. He died a criminal's death on a cross. And he rose three days later proving that he is who he claims to be. And on, on the cross, Jesus pays the penalty for our sin. He, he forgives our sin on the cross and that's what the atonement is. Atonement is what Christ accomplished to bring sinful humanity back into relationship with God. And so the love of Jesus is what covers our sins, which is what gives us the capacity in our struggles and in the things that hurt us and in the things that challenge us. Only the love of Jesus is what gives us the capacity to love in this way, for love to cover a multitude of sins. And so the cross, please hear me say this to you. The, when you think about love, man, the cross is the definition of Love. The cross is the definition of love. Another one of Jesus' followers says this, this is love. I'm going to tell you what love is. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And so Jesus' self-sacrificial death exemplifies love. If you wanna know what love is, look at Jesus on the cross. And, and, and the example of his life and his death and his resurrection, and the liberating power of the gospel, the, 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 the power that, that we can draw on when we embrace Jesus and allow that to be true of us. And that compels us into a kind of life that has the capacity, even in the most painful and challenging situations. Like even when one thing led to another, led to another, and now it's this crazy mixed up mess. Man, God gives us the power to express love, but it's only through Jesus. It's only in a reflection of his love and his forgiveness. All right, this is what gives us the capacity to love. And so when Peter says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins, man, that really means something significant. It's not just some, some cutesy thing. And so when you think about your situation and when you think about how deeply uh, you've been you know, hurt or whatever, and, and you say to yourself, okay, Dan, that, that's cute, but like, how deep am I really supposed to go? How deep am I supposed to go in my forgiveness and in my grace with this person? How much, am I, how much am I supposed to put up with, right? How deep? I would ask you to think about how deep Jesus went for you. To, to think about how, how intentionally and, and determined and, and how committed Jesus has been to, to covering over your sin, right? This is, this is very significant. And, and the thing is, like I said, this word is translated from a word that means stretched, to go and to go and to go. 
And I would ask you, when, when, when you're being challenged to, to love each other deeply, to think about how far Jesus' arms were stretched and stretched and stretched out on the cross for you. Because he loves you and he's dedicated and he's determined to you, de- de- determined to show you his love. And he's, he has nothing but a desire to infuse you with this liberating capacity to love even when it's hard and even when it's, and even when it's painful. And the thing is, you know, it says love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. It doesn't say because love just covered over a couple sins. It's not just like, I know, I already forgave him for that five times. Like, I've, 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 I've put in my time, now he has to get it together. Or, I, you know, I've been, I, I've been going over to the in-laws for 10 years, and the same thing keeps happening. This is enough. It's not just a, a certain finite determined amount. It says love, love, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. It's a, a continuous, continual thing that, that, never, that never ends. The, the, the well of God's love and his grace is infinitely deep. And so like Jesus, our devoted love is to be present and continual, not just a couple, not just a couple sins, not just for a couple months or a couple years, but on and on and on. This is a love that stretches and keeps going and, and, and keeps covering over out of a determination to embrace Jesus and to, and to follow him. And so whatever situation you're in, again, whatever situation you're thinking about where, you know, maybe there might even be somebody in this room who you feel like they've hurt me and, and I don't know how to, how to respond to that and, and I, I feel this relational drama or this relational tension, whatever the situation is in this multitude of sins, I'm asking you to consider what the Bible says and to let the cycle stop with you to say, this is, this is it. I, this, this thing happened and that thing happened, but right now, today, I'm going to be the point at which no more retaliation occurs. I'm gonna resolve to pray for that person instead of secretly think ill of them. Or I'm gonna try to, to bless them and help them rather than uh, you know, criticize them, right? Don't retaliate. Don't perpetuate this cycle of sin, but consider Jesus and seek unity. Seek unity in your relationships and in the community that you live in and in your family and in the different ways. Consider Jesus seek unity because ultimately, if you can hear me say this, it, it would be, it's really significant, right? Ultimately, it is only the love of Jesus and in our embrace of the way that he lives that has the capacity to cover sins. Ultimately, it's only the kind of immense love that Jesus exemplifies for us, that has the capacity to cover over all the sin, not just a little bit, not just our sin, but all the sin of all the world. And and as we reflect on what it means to try to be highlighters of Jesus, to allow our love to highlight God, to highlight God through our love, it looks like embracing his self-sacrificial willingness to, to continue and to keep going. This is it. So follow Jesus' lead. Follow his example. And I would commend to you to lean into the resources of prayer and of being in the Bible a lot, man, to be fed deeply on the word. But I think really one of the most powerful things that you can do as you walk in obedience with the Holy Spirit is to consider the cross. It's to reflect on the reality that Jesus died on a cross to forgive your sin, to cover over your sin. He was stretched out. He went all the way deep for you. And he is devoted to you and he loves you. And he died to save you. He died to save you, to go the distance for you. 
And I would just uh, commend to you to, to embrace that, right? He, this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. So I'm going to invite the band up uh, at this time. And as they get ready to rock us out, I just, I just want to challenge you guys to consider, man, are, as honestly as you can and as maybe uh, humbly and quietly in your own hearts to just consider, man, are there situations in my life right now where somebody has hurt me or, or, or a cycle of antagonism or a cycle of aggression that continues to get perpetuated because I always have to get back? Right? Think, of the, think of the flourishing relationships that could develop and that could thrive if you embrace this, the, the beauty and the liberation of the love that is shown by Jesus. Th- think, of, think of your family. Think of your relationships at work. Think of your relationships at school. Man, and, and, and make a decision to do something about it today. Resolve to, in wisdom, to, to say, man, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let the, the, the pain, the previous pain determine the, the potential for uh, my future in my relationships and the potential to highlight God, to, to bring glory and honor, to, 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 to make Jesus make sense and, and be beautiful to, to an onlooking world that is already uh, critical and misunderstanding. To say, man, there's something about the way that those people interact with each other that is so gracious and kind. That must, they, they must have something. What is that? And so I would even challenge you to memorize uh, 1 Peter 4.8. Maybe take the next week and write it out on a, a note card or something or put it on your phone lock screen or something like that and make a commitment to let this verse actually penetrate deeply into your heart and to, and to constrain the way that you think into such a way that, man, even in situations that are frustrating or annoying, man, above all, I'm gonna love, I'm gonna, we're gonna love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. I would ask you to, to memorize that. And really, both of these verses, to, if you allow the implications of these verses to, to seep deeply into your life and into your heart and to manifest in, in, your, in your lives, man, that there is so much potential for love and unity and community. And that's what I challenge you to, to embrace. Please embrace these verses and what, they, and what they mean. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Let's pray. Yeah, Lord, uh, man, I think uh, there's a lot of hurting people in this room. Lord, there's a lot of people who have been hurt and who have been sinned against, God. We're all contributors to and recipients of um, relational tension and pain. And so I'm just asking that in this moment, Holy Spirit, would you please reveal to us the ways in which we could um, embrace the love that Jesus shows on the cross and in his life and in his death, the fact that, man, he is perfect love. This is love that he poured himself out as an atoning sacrifice to forgive our sins, to cleanse us from sins. And that, man, as we engage with that, we will be highlighting you, God. We will be shining light brightly on your love and on your truth. Please help us to highlight you in our love. Thank you for this time that we have together in our worship. And we even ask, Lord, that you unify us and excite us about following you in this time of worship that we have. You're the king. We love you. We praise you. Amen.